Can we be more mindful of mindfulness? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcast. And we are up to the Torah portion of Bo, the portion that has the final three plagues of the ten plagues of Egypt. And the showdown comes to an end in this Parsha. And at the beginning of the Parsha, we have focused in each of the plagues in Bo at the fact that God has said, that's it, Paro, no more chances. I mean, I'm still technically going through the motions, but I'm hardening your heart, and I've described, Asheri Salalti, I'm making a mockery of you. And I'm going to use you as a tool, a plaything in a sense, as a tool to have the world recognize that I am in control of all the laws of nature, thereby recognizing I created all the laws of nature. And this unique juncture of the Exodus is going to be the one point in world history where if you ever want to look back and get a sense, and as we have an unbroken tradition, chain of transmission going back to this story, year after year though, there's been a Pesach Seder telling over how my grandfather heard from his, who heard from his, going back to this juncture where we as an entire nation witnessed God's manipulation of every aspect of the world to bring us out of Egypt. And Paro, at this point, you're the tool to make that happen. But it didn't have to be that way. You were given a chance earlier on in the previous Parshas, when you were presented with the plagues, you had the choice. But the text describes as primary example in last week's Parsha, Veloshas Libo Gamlozos Paro didn't put his heart to it wasn't attentive to it, wasn't mindful of it, wasn't willing to recognize the message that was glaring in his face. And we look at these Parshas, we look at Parwas, how could he be so foolish? Doesn't he get the message? Not recognizing that there are times in our own lives where we might make traces of the same mistake. Now, nobody of the regular Tachos Talk listeners, of course, but maybe friends of your friends' friends, might make the mistake, human beings tend to allow themselves to ignore clear indicators and simply say, not me, not yet, not relevant, be dismissive of it. In his work, Sichos Levi, of uh, Rabbi um, Rudiman of Blessed Memory, the founding Rosh Hashiva of the Yeshiva I went to in many years in Baltimore, his work, Sichos Levi, on this parsha, he draws attention to this issue, and he shares kind of uh, elements of extreme on this. Paro, dismissive, inattentive, not recognizing what he should be recognizing, and if only he would have been more willing to be open to that message at the beginning, wouldn't have had to suffer the devastation that followed. He shares in a, a level of a, of a contrast the very wicked and evil Nuzradan, and Nuzradan who was a Hitler-like personality at the time of the destruction of the First Temple, who had overseen and probably physically involved in the massacre of many, 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 many Jews in the temple. Yet the text describes, sorry, just flipping open a page over here as I'm talking, but this text describes in the Gemara, in Gitin, the Talmud, in, in Gitin describes, uh, as well as in the Sanhedrin, that after the huge massacre, he paused to pay attention to the scene in front of him and the reality of what he had just done, and he said, if there's a need for an atonement, for one soul, the one who massacred so many, what is it going to be with him? And he went through a radical transformation. He went through a conversion to Judaism. Here this evil personality who had killed was described as tens of thousands, yet 
came to that recognition, and he didn't allow himself to stay on that track and be dismissive of the evidence of his evil, he said, whoa, I need to stop. I need to recalibrate. I need to recalibrate big time when it comes to the point of doing that teshuva. So there's that possibility. A person can be on a very, very wrong track, but yet get himself off the track. Paro doesn't. He allows himself to stay on the track in the rut, digging himself further and further and further into the hole, rather than allow himself to come out. And all starting with the lack of attention to that which was staring him in the face at the beginning. Uh, in that same piece, in the Sichos Levi, Rudman quotes over an anecdote in the home of Rabbi Ephraim Zalman Margolios, who apparently was very wealthy, had a beautiful, uh, well-set table, and somebody somehow bumped, knocked over a vessel and broke it. And this Rabbi Margolios indicated his frustration, but he said not at the loss of the object. Okay, that's petty few dollars or tens of dollars or hundreds of dollars. That's just money. But I'm so distraught that you aren't being cautious when you are at the table with somebody's property. And that sense that uh, the terminology is he, he challenged him, he rebuked him. How could you be inattentive to what you're doing? A human being is responsible for the outcomes of your activity. And in Talmud, in law, if I knock somebody something over, I can't say didn't notice. Well, could you have noticed? I mean, unless the rare exception is if somebody literally placed something next to you after you doze off, and you had no reason to know it's there. Okay, but outside of that, a human being is meant to be attentive. Adam Mu'ad La'olam, the person is always deemed responsible for the outcome of his deeds, whether they are planned or otherwise, because we are expected to be attentive, expected to be aware, expected to be mindful, and use that to calculate what we do. And he goes on and describes in a, a sentence here, who there's a matter, or this is the matter of the uh, insignificance, his boning to pay attention, the and to calculate, to be thinking, or to, again we would say today, mindful of each deed, to do no deed without the appropriate attention. I told over the story, one of the great, again, Bali Musser, of those who lived with the thought process of Musser and constant self-introspection and development, I believe was Rebbe Lapian, who was at a bus station in Israel, and after some moments, the bus hadn't come, and he turned to see if it was coming, and went back to whatever he was studying, and he said, ah, back when I was in my yeshiva days, in my earlier days when I was so focused on the Musser development, that would be considered a source for penalty. It would be a source of a failure. How could you look up? I'm going to hear when the bus comes. So because of my curiosity, I lift my head, I waste a moment from my studies. Now, not saying that that's something that you or I, or certainly not I, am capable of being so attentive to each moment and the use of each moment and each maneuver, each move of the muscle as to is this fully, fully calculated? Is it fully, fully necessary? But... The theme is there, the notion is there, that need to be attentive and mindful. And in life, when the engine light comes on in our car, we tend to pay attention and react. Because I know what's going to happen if I don't. But what about the engine lights that come on in our body, or our relationships, or our spiritual development? When there are the little indications of, hey, maybe I should be 
changed in some aspect of my diet, or changing some aspects of my physical routine, or putting a little more energy into this relationship with a parent or child or spouse or sibling or coworker, or aspects of my religious growth? Are, are we attentive to the fact that we have these signals flashing on? Okay, well, I'll be dismissive of that just a little bit longer. It'll go away. Now, <laughs> there are times with a car that does, thankfully, because with cars like mine, uh, at some stage and age, uh, they're a little too often to be attentive to everyone. But the reality is when we're dealing with something significant and important, like life, being mindful and attentive is particularly significant, and we're dealing with something like our spiritual and eternal life, how much more so. Paro failed in this regard. He failed when he was given the opportunity, and he lost the ability to correct it later on, eventually, after many, many steps. Nuzradan, uh, very evil, but he caught himself, backtracked, turned around. The capacity is within our reach. Um, Ray Ruderman, in that essay, continues... And he describes that we're given the ability to be attentive, to notice, and look around the world, and glean messages. And God gives us all types of triggers in terms of stimuli, of recognizing the beauty of the world, of the sophistication of the world, realize I'm there, I'm behind all that's happening, and I'm there for you, and use the world as a means of connecting and reminding yourself to be connected with me. And he's given us an incredibly powerful brain. And, and thank God, very significant senses that allow ourselves, if we are willing to pause and pay attention and ponder the capacity to use and, and develop and accomplish. But we have to at least be in tune. We have to be mindful of the fact that we can be mindful in order to orient ourselves in that direction. On the note of the fact that we have these senses, and each of them can be utilized to be attentive to realities around us and therefore develop appreciation, gratitude to Hashem, and, and all that follows from that. It's fascinating. In this week's Parsha as well, we're introduced to an element that can be seen as a tool to remind us of the senses and our capacity to use those senses properly. The tefillin in the Parsha, and for those men obligated in the midst of tefillin, but anybody even just conjuring up the image of the tefillin, the tefillin on the arm have one, I guess you could say container, one section internal that has the parchments that have the text of the Shema and other texts of the Torah, and the head tefillin has four compartments, four separate sections that take the same portions of Torah but divide them into four units and four sections, and there are commentaries that describe the head that's headquarters to four of our primary senses. And you have taste, you have smell, you have hearing, and you have sight, all associated with the head. And four compartments remind us the fact that we have four senses, and each of those senses have to be controlled and dedicated to proper use. And the arm represents the sense of touch. And although technically the entire body is associated with that kinetic function of touch, but... Primarily, if you think of touch, you think of the fingers, you think of touching something with the hand, and that's controlled, and, and if we focus on the control of that with its tefillin. So again, you have the element of control of the senses, but for our purposes today, 
attention to the senses and recognition, are we allowing ourselves to utilize these senses that are these great gifts to be sensitive, to be aware of that which surrounds us and be appreciative of that. So we have kind of two themes that are really ultimately tied to one. We have the theme of being mindful of the messages that come our way that should be stimulating and and helping us recognize whether, again, it's aspects of our physicality, our relationships, of our spirituality, and being mindful of those signals and attentive to them and willing to pause and ponder and react. Willing to pause and ponder enough to notice and then pause and ponder and react. And attentiveness to the various elements of the world that should give rise to our appreciation of all that God is doing for us and develop our further gratitude. If we can start by at least being mindful of our capacity of mindfulness, mindful of the fact that were we willing to just pause and look and see and smell and touch and be attentive, we would have so many more blessings come our way. We have so much more to appreciate because it's there, but we're just not noticing it. How often do we simply go through the motions of something as significant as eating lunch, but not noticing that there are so many different components and tastes and nutritional values that God has plugged into the world. So being mindful would allow us to walk out of that lunch feeling much more positive, how much more I've gained and much more I've accomplished, how many tastes I've appreciated. And being mindful of the different signals that come our way, being mindful that we not do what the Paro did wrong, but do it that Nuzradan eventually did right. Being mindful of the very capacity we have to be mindful can hopefully help get us in that direction, make us the type of people who will be so much more appreciative of life and so much more attentive to those signals that can help move us in the right direction in life and be the type of people who will be far more likely to achieve our tachlis.